to Florida Magazine, the podcast. I'm Zach Cammy at the helm. Hey there. And we have our very special guest, whose name shall not be revealed. Confidentiality purposes. Yes. She's a returning guest who is a mortician. Actually, why don't you go ahead and let us know? Tell yeah, us tell what. Yeah. Tell us. Tell what, us everything. <laughs> or whatever you need to tell <laughs> us. I've um, I graduate from Mortuary Science School in. May with my associates in mortuary science and I've been working for the funeral home that I work for for a year and a half now. Uh Um, On top of that I also have a little bit of a nursing background to help me with school and learning about cardiovascular system and all that good stuff that we need for embalming. But um, it's it's all my credentials right there. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. All right so since we're coming up on Halloween <laughs> okay. That's we don't have a soundboard. <laughs> that was pretty good. We're doing all of our own sound effects yeah. here. <laughs> um, we are. We're gonna try to have. Try to do this as, as well. Just whenever, whenever you're available, I'll have you come by and answer questions for us. But we're gonna make this episode kind of. Extra creepy. Extra creepy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so. I mean, there's this, you know, creepy enough that I deal with dead bodies on a daily basis. But let's throw some extra creepy yeah. on top of that. <laughs> we want the hits. That's okay. <laughs> All right. The top. The top hits. Yeah. So, um, let's talk about like creepy or spooky things that you've seen at your your job. Well, on top of being a mortician, I also work the night shift. So oh, that's extra spooky. I think yeah. that throws some extra spooky yeah. on there, right? I don't like that. <laughs> so, and on top of that, I mean, I'm, we have several different funeral homes. So, I mean, people think funeral homes are creepy in general. Now think about being in a funeral home at night yeah. by yourself, yeah. delivering dead bodies. <laughs> yeah, it can get a little creepy. But like in, if you hear weird sounds, oh my like God. automatically, automatically. Mm-hmm. goes to weird places. Yes. Like, oh, no. And I automatically start looking around and I have to like tell myself like, no, it's nothing. It's nothing. You know, you're fine. You're just hearing things. You're fine. Because everybody, I mean, I, I believe in the afterlife. I believe that there are ghosts and spirits and things like that. And uh, I think I have proof of it from working in funeral homes. Really? Yes. I have been straight up spooned by a ghost. <laughs> I've had my name called. While I was in, if anybody's ever been in like a deep freeze meat locker type deal and they know how loud it is. And I've heard my name yelled in my ear, clear as day, turn around, saw a shadow, no one else there. I was the only one there that night. And several people at the funeral home I work for have heard their names just yelled in their ear. Wow. Yeah. So you were, you were spooned by a ghost? You were taking a nap at work? <laughs> okay. Um, I was resting my eyes at work. Okay. <laughs> snapping. When you, when you work full time and go to school full time, it's a little difficult. Yeah. So yes, I was resting my eyes at work and I did have, my partner was there. She was in the prep room embalming and her and I are really close. We've been, we were partners for um, a little over a year and I was laying down on the couch and I felt pressure on the couch. And I thought it was her. And I was like, what's up, dude? Like, do you need help? What's going on? Nothing. She, nothing was said. And I was like, why is my coworker trying to spoon me right now? But we were close. So I was like, whatever. Like, <laughs> whatever. I, I don't, I'm pretty normal, passive. This is a normal thing. I'm pretty yeah. passive. Whatever. I don't care. You know, funeral homes are cold. <laughs> but um, I, I, I continued to try to talk to her like, hey, what's up? You know, is everything okay? And she didn't say anything. And so I, I went back to resting my eyes Uh and um 
not more than two minutes later, I hear the, the floor creak. And anytime you, somebody's walking in the hallway, you can hear it. And I opened my eyes and she came in. She said she was still fully gowned in her prep gown. And she was like, hey, can you come help me roll this body? And I said, were you not just spooning with me? And she said, no. And it freaked me out because I was I was spooned by a ghost. Because seriously, we were the only two there. He just wanted to cuddle. Well, <laughs> just a little love. But um, it's weird because it felt kind of like a child. Uh-huh. And it's funny because, like, you will hear, like, children's laughter sometimes throughout the funeral home. Or, like, um, there's a ghost there, spirit, that likes to pull your hair playfully. Or, like, if your shoe's kind of hanging off, it'll, like, fly across the room. But these are all normal occurrences there. And you're, like, not the only one that believes yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. Anybody, everybody who works at my funeral home knows this. Because uh-huh. it's all happened to us before. Like, like, there's always been something weird. And, like, you talk to your coworkers about it the next day. And, they're like, and then they start telling you what happened to them. You know, but there's weird things like that that happen all the time. Oh, wow. Like, one time the elevator started going by itself, and we were just like, there's only two of us at night. Three of us tops at night. And so that's why it's it's little things like that, and you're just kind of like... And then it makes you think that there's a homeless person, and you start hunting throughout the funeral home with your pepper spray and your knife and a fucking broomstick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling this from well, experience. What kind of freaks me out about that is like that whole story about um, that girl whose body went missing. And yeah. they're like just the thought that, I don't know, like maybe somebody could sneak in and try to steal their loved ones back. Well, that funeral home, which is not associated with any of my funeral homes, um, is not open. It's not a 24-hour facility, number one. So there's not somebody there all the time. Okay. Um, so to be able to sneak in, and not just that, but they don't do any sort of preparation there. Another company does preparation and then drops off the body. Mm. So in reality, the person could have snuck in while they were maybe dropping off the body because I know that I've left the garage door open before where I'm like, I'm just going to drop off this body real quick and then I'm going to get back in the van and go. You know, two minutes tops. Yeah. But in reality, I mean, somebody could have had time to snuck in, you know, sneak in and steal that body. Yeah. And, but it is scary. It is a scary thought. And that's why, like, my, my company takes very, I mean, every door is triple-coated, locked. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a pain in the ass to do anything. It really Because, I mean, you have to, so you, you unlock the door with the key, and then you have to punch in the code, and then you have to go to the prep room, punch in the code for the prep room. It's, it's pretty yeah. hard. And they change the codes all the time. It's ridiculous. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Well, that's good, though. That's yes. Com- pretty comforting. Oh, it is. Yeah. And then like our coolers, all of them are, are double locked. Um, we have a code where the keys are in and then we also have, the, and then it's locked with a key. So. Is there one specific, well, yeah, the cuddling. Any other specific spooky things? You know, it's funny because the, the living are scarier than the dead. Truly. <laughs> we have a funeral home that a, a cemetery is attached to it and we... We go there at night all the time. And and like I said, there's only two of us at night. So I go by myself to make these deliveries quite often. And I don't scare too easy. I mean, I'm 5'10". You know, people see a a tall woman. They're not going to really mess with her. I'm not not an easy target. You know, especially when you see a person moving a 600-pound body. You're not going to mess with them. Yeah. Well, I was driving to to the crematory. And you had to go through the cemetery to get to the crematory. And there was a group of people huddled around a headstone with candles and hooded and it was scary as fuck and they i had no, they were hooded robes everything what is that? so i don't know i have no idea what was happening it was scary they all looked up at me i drove off and i didn't come back until the police were there 
police. Yeah, yeah like, I called the cops. Because it was too, they weren't supposed to be They're there. Not, that no, late no, night. no. Nobody's supposed to be there. It's, it's open from dusk to dawn. Yeah. So, dawn to dusk. Dawn to dusk. To, dawn. Yeah. 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 Dawn to dusk. Dawn to dusk. Anyway. Not at night. Not at night. <laughs> They're not supposed to be there at night. That's the point. That's the point. Let us down. Go home. And not just that, but I mean, it's also been like, I remember one time I was there with my partner and she was inside doing something that was wrong with the paperwork. She was doing something and I was outside and I was taking a cigarette break and I was outside and this person just walked past me and said, don't mind me. I'm just passing through. I'm just cutting through. Cutting through where? Why are you cutting through the cemetery anywhere? But it scared me because I was not paying attention. I was on my phone. I didn't even see him until he was right here in front of me. And it scared the crap out of me. I ran inside, threw the garage down, and, like, we called the cops. <laughs> we call the cops a lot. We call the non-emergency a lot. <laughs> They're like, oh, we hate you guys. Well, the homeless people is a really bad problem. Like they like to, they hang out there. They well they they hang out there. They try to open the doors. Oh um, yeah, we've had them try to open doors before or check to see if it's locked. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, but I, I creepy experiences at the funeral home is like almost on a nightly basis. Something happens. Like you'll hear footprints up or like footsteps upstairs. You know nobody's up there. There's yeah. only two of you. You Do know. Do you think it's a ghost of? somebody whose body is currently there or do you think it's somebody that used to work there or that's, that's... I think it's somebody that has passed through there uh-huh. I mean we get people of all sorts of trauma to regular deaths and things like that children babies fetuses we get everything you know and I I, I truly believe that there's a little boy there no no older than five probably younger who's the one who's he's really playful you'll hear giggling He'll throw your shoe. He'll pull your hair. He'll spoon you. Yeah. Like, you know. So he'll, he's, he's still hanging out. Yeah. He's, but he's, like I said, he's one that he's nice. And then there's an old man. And we know he's an old man because he's perverted because he'll go and touch your butt. <laughs> you know, no, seriously. Somebody will be on one side of the prep room and somebody will be on the other. And you just like, <laughs> hey. And you turn around. There's no one there. And you're like, you know. You're I'm molested by a ghost. But yeah. And you know, it's kind of like an old perverted man. That's what you immediately what you think of. Yeah. It's like an old guy just smacked your butt, you know? Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, I mean, like I said, there's, there's, you always hear things and it's something you just kind of have to put out of your mind working night yeah. shift. You just have to do your job and not think about it, you know, but it's, I think the scariest things is when you hear your name being called. Yeah. Because like I said, that cooler experience of hearing my name and that's happened to several different people and then you just see a shadow walk by and that's probably the creepiest thing to me because it just sounds so angry. It's not like somebody just calling your name like, hey, Cammie. You know, it's like really loud in your ear. Do you ever get nervous about like taking those things home with you? I do. I do. Um, I, that's why I treat everybody who comes through our funeral home with the utmost dignity and respect because we... we I've worked with several people, not necessarily at my funeral home, but also in school, who don't have the respect and dignity, don't give the loved ones the respect and dignity they deserve, and I know that they've walked home with more stuff than I ever have. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, there's, I have one friend who works for a mortuary service here, and that mortuary service is, like, known for their disrespect, basically. I mean, they smoke cigarettes over the bodies, which is a bad idea, because formaldehyde is flammable. (laughs) Like, so... They smoke cigarettes over the bodies. They wear, like, 
uh, basketball shorts and a wife beater to embalm, which is disgusting. That's really gross. They just don't care. Their ventilation system is like non-existent. You step in there, two minutes later you walk out, you just reek of cavity fluid and formaldehyde. Oh. It's awful. What is cavity? What do you mean cavity fluid? <laughs> okay. You're talking about some organic materials here? No, 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 no. Cavity fluid is, um, it sounds like organic material, but it's yes. not. Cavity <laughs> fluid is just a high index formaldehyde that we oh, inject okay. straight into the abdomen okay. to help preserve the uh, internal organs, oh, okay, the okay. cavity. So, and then those guys all have bad experiences. Yes. I have one friend who works there who straight up is, like thinks he has a poltergeist. And when I hung out at his house one time, like beer cans would fly off the like it scared me i was like we're never hanging out here again ever and he was like yeah he's like i think i really pissed someone off and i was like you must have because that's just wrong like wow yeah it's creepy i personally in my house i haven't at my old apartment i think something happened with my roommate i think he brought something home because my ex-roommate was also a mortician and yeah, it was like lights would turn on by themselves. And after I moved out of there, I haven't had that problem since then. Yeah. But I think it all boils down to how you treat them. Hmm. That's interesting. You're getting into some like really spooky theories here. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, because and it's funny, you know, most morticians have superstitions. Like when I'm embalming somebody, I play music that I think they would like. Because I feel like they embalm better that way. Like if I get an old man, I put on some like oldies, classic oldies, you know. I get a young guy who has more of a country background, like, I'll play country music or I'll play rock music, depending, you know, like, that's what I do. I don't know. Hold I on. feel like it makes them embalm Let's better. Get snacks to relax here. Hold on. Wow, so you go, like, it's like, because I know you and I know you're super professional about everything, but it's funny that you also have, like, it's a pretty scientific field that oh, yeah. you're in. I mean, you guys really almost have, like, a nursing degree. Not just that, but we're also chemists. We have to evaluate the bodies and depending on, and because of all the crap that people put in their bodies now, like medication wise, that's why I try not to take any medication because it really just messes with you internally. It makes everything different, hmm. you know? So depending on the medication that our people are on is depending on how well they'll embalm. You know, if they're on blood thinners, well then we don't have to use as high of an index because it's gonna just, you know, the, the blood is thinner, it's gonna come out faster. So we're probably gonna have better drainage if they're on coagulants then their blood isn't going to come out as good and we probably shouldn't put them in the fridge because it's just going to coagulate even further and faster mm -hmm. um and then having the nursing background that i have it's it's greatly helped out because i can read their charts and see what medications there are and help with my embalming but yeah i mean we're we're chemists we are beauticians mm -hmm. we are i mean you know yeah we're drivers. We, I mean i know how to drive a hearse i can drive a limo i can drive a huge cargo van i yeah. You know, and I learned all that at the funeral home because you have to, you can't just wear one hat. Yeah. You can't just be an embalmer. You can't just be a funeral director. You're everything. You're going to be a palm reader pretty soon. Huh, right? <laughs> Actually, I, have a, I do have a friend who works for the funeral home who um, does tarot card readings. Really? Yeah. And he's like super into it. Do you think that more people get more into that sort of stuff after they start working? I think... If you were not a believer before getting into the field, you definitely become a believer in the field. Because I've, I've, been, I've always been kind of skeptical. I've had like a, you know, I've always had respect for the dead. I've had several close family members pass away and I've had a lot of respect for the dead. But I've never really thought much about the afterlife, mm -hmm. if they were still here or see little things like that. But since I started working at the funeral home, I'm definitely more aware of it. Yeah. Definitely. 
And I feel like people who join it definitely become more aware of it. And we're all kind of, we're all kind of special, you know, like it, it takes a special person to get into this kind of field. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I mean, you guys are kind of predisposed to weirdness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like most of us who are in this field are more open-minded. Uh-huh. We're more open to the idea. And I think that's where the difference is. I think you need to be open-minded to see these things. Yeah. You know, and if not, then you're going to get one violent fucking spirit trying to show you that they're real. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. We also get weird, not just weird things that happen at the funeral home, though, but weird places that we have to go to. Like what? Like, especially the ones out in the country. Uh-huh. We see, the, yes. Yeah, what's the, what's the creepiest place that you've had to do a... A removal. A removal from. <sighs> removal is so, just when you pick up a body. A right? removal. A removal slash first call is when you go to the place of death, whether it be a residence, a nursing home, etc., and that's where you pick up from. Yeah, and then you bring them back to the funeral home, and that's where they either go into our uh, climate-controlled environment, mm-hmm. or they become embalmed, depending. Um, I think the weirdest removal I ever did. It was out in the bumfuck middle of nowhere. And it was whenever we were having all those really heavy rains last spring. It was pouring rain. There was thunder. It was beautiful. I mean, thunder, lightning, it was beautiful. But we heard, <laughs> we got lost. Oh, no. We, yeah, we got lost because the, the, as you know, out in the country, your GPS never works right. It's never the same street. It's always fucked yeah. up. And so when we went out there, we, had, we rolled down the windows because we thought it would help us see better. We heard children's laughter like really loud we heard kids screaming we heard all kinds of stuff and we were like fuck this like (laughs) do we have to go and then when we got to the house the the wife was just really odd she was in bed with her deceased husband and she didn't want to get up to sign paperwork so we were there in the room with her and she was a hoarder so the house was filled with crap so we were in this tiny room with her literally cuddled with her husband still signing paperwork like on his dead body signing paperwork yeah excuse me i'm sorry okay <laughs> sorry god and bless you thank you but she was just and she told us after all this we we had to carry him out because it was just the, the room was too tight our cot wouldn't make it through so we had to carry him out and she told us you need to treat him with respect if you do not treat him with respect, you will regret it. Ooh. And we were just like... Yes, ma'am. Yeah. You know? And of course, like, I always tell every love, every family member, I always tell them the same thing. I promise you I will treat them with the utmost respect. And I do. Because I, I mean, that's somebody's loved one. That's somebody's mother, father, grandfather, whatever, you know? And I truly believe that everybody, no matter how bad you were in life, you deserve a proper burial. You deserve to be treated with respect in the end. Because it was still human life. I wonder why she said that. Maybe it was a mean guy? I don't know. She was obviously very much in love with him. I mean, she didn't want us to go. Uh, but I don't know if she just had some weird... She was weird. She was just weird. You know, and, and there's the whole situation felt creepy. And, like, when we were in the car, you just felt like somebody was watching you. When we got back to the funeral home, we felt like somebody was watching you. It was just... It was an awful... I could not wait until he was buried and out of my funeral home because every time I was anywhere near him, I felt like I was being watched. Yeah, so anytime I did a name band change or I had to do his visual ID, I... Okay, sir, I'm going to change your name band now. 
So this is what's going to happen. And I, I usually do that anyway. And a lot of people make fun of me for talking to them. But I, I don't know why I do. I just do. I feel like that's part of your, like, kind of nursing background a little bit. Like, Probably. a really good bedside manner. <laughs> Probably <laughs> so. Probably so. Because I'll tell them, like, all right, so I'm going to strap you into this backboard now. I'm going to lift you up onto this, you know, rack. And, you know, like, I, I don't know why, but that's what I do. Wow. You know, and, like, whenever we have to tell, like, fam- some family members decide to stay in the room when we're do- performing our removal. So I tell them, I would just like you to know we're going to be wearing gloves the entire time. We're going to be rolling your loved one from side to side to get them fully shrouded. And then from there, we're going to be moving them onto our equipment. This is the hardest part to watch. Like I tell every family member that that wants to stay. And I can't tell you how many people I've had run out of the room during that. Yeah. It's rough. There's nothing that really cements it in, you know, when you see a lifeless body. You know what really cements it in, honestly? And I I freaking hate our cot covers for this. They have the loudest zipper in the world. The loudest zipper because you just whoop, closed. <laughs> and I feel like it's so final sounding. You know, you see these two people with wearing all black, black gloves, yeah. zipping up this. It's not a body bag. It's a cot cover. But it's just so loud. And I feel like that's really just final. That's when people lose it. And yes, that's when we've had cot jumpers. People who will jump on our cot. And um, if you hit it wrong, obviously, it'll tip over. Um, what do you mean they jump on it? Out of grief. Out of grief, yes. They, they're they wailing and crying and they jump on top of the cot or they try to attack the side of it to hug their loved one or to kiss their loved one. It's really emotional. Like, it's, it's very... There's there's definitely been some families where I've... After the removal, I've almost cried because it was just so emotional. Um, I did a removal from a, a two-year-old at the hospital and that was probably one of the saddest ones that I did. And he was the cutest little boy... You know, but he was born with a disease that his heart was on the wrong side. And so he had been sick his whole life. But, I mean, adorable child, you know. But that was probably one of the saddest ones because the mom did not want to let go. Poor girl. And, of course, we have this giant fucking cot for a little tiny little itty bitty baby. Yeah. But we, he was too big for, we have baby carriers, but he was too big for it. So we had to use the, the big cot. Get some Velcro in there. <laughs> yeah, we have this, um, it's, it's basically like a bucket. It's, it's we have uh, the plastic tubs, bins, yeah. the plastic bins that are for like when we put them in the cooler, but whenever we go get them, it's just an, or like a, like a beach bag, like a plastic, you know, the, where you carry drinks and stuff in, like, uh-huh. it's like that, and we just put them in there. I swaddle them with a blanket, usually. Mm-hmm. I'm, like, one of the only ones who does that. <laughs> but I usually bring a baby blanket for them. For the little babies? For the babies, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fetuses. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you next. There's, like, new laws, right? Yeah, they just passed, or they're trying to pass a law where every fetus that's aborted has to go through a funeral home. Basically, so instead of being thrown away in biohazard, they have to be properly cremated or buried. Which can be so expensive for all these parents. Well, who's? I I don't necessarily know if it'll be expensive because we have special pricing for infants and children. Oh, okay. It's different. Um, We don't charge like you know an average funeral is about ten thousand dollars for a person to be embalmed with the visitation viewing service the next day and then burial. It's usually about ten thousand dollars. Jesus. Yeah, it's not cheap to die. Oh my gosh. You know, it's not cheap. And, you know, the saying in the funeral home goes, we don't start the hearse till you open your purse, which is really sad. Yeah. But, I mean, who else is going to do it? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things, just like medicine. 
post does do it. Like, what if you have no family? What happens? Uh, you could go to the county, come oh. pauper burial. Just a pine box, no marked. They'll bury you? Yeah, they'll bury you. Why don't they just cremate you? Because it takes money to run a crematory. Oh. And not just that, but to run a crematory, you also have to have, like, a, there's special laws. You have to have a cemetery attached to it and, like, a funeral home attached to it. Do they still call it a pauper's grave? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's so insensitive. That's old school, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. That's like what they used to call it, like, when people were going west and they died on their covered <laughs> wagons. Yeah. Like, literally. The funeral industry is far behind, are you kidding me? It's still, I can't tell you how many people, when I go to removal, I was like, oh, is it just you two girls? Are you sure you girls can do it? Oh, we can help you if you girls need help. Like, just because I have a vagina and breast doesn't mean I can't move people yeah. like go fuck yourself <laughs> and I can't tell you how many times we've had men who are like oh let me help you and then you just see them struggle so hard and well, it's so funny and they make it worse oh yeah definitely we try very hard to especially family members that want to help we try to tell them and give them instruction on what to do but half the time they make it harder for us and we've had to tell people this is for the safety of your loved one please do not interfere Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, we just we have these men who think that, and and our cots are there's they're sensitive. If you pull a handle, it's gonna go down. It's yeah. gonna fall. If you lift the foot side higher than the head side, it's gonna fall down. Right. You know, and we know this because we're trained on it. Right. But they you don't know? know how that works. Exactly. Civilians are are not trained on that and should not help. Right. They just shouldn't. Yeah. You know. So that, like, if, well, so when is this whole abortion thing supposed to... That I don't know. I haven't been following it that closely. Um, I just know that it's going to... Because right now we have a law enacted that a fetal demise, that's what it's called, um, under a certain amount of grams, it doesn't count, basically, as a person. Right. So they don't get a birth certificate. So they don't get a birth certificate. They don't get a death certificate. It's just a sack of cells and tissue to them. Um, and then after a certain amount of grams, that's when they get a fetal demise death certificate and a birth certificate, et cetera. And with the new, it, it, when it passes the new law, I think it's only here in Texas that's going to happen. It's going to, number one, I think it's really going to change women's views on getting abortions and whatnot, because now they're going to be held responsible for that burial, for that burial or cremation. Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't agree with it. Yeah, it seems pretty insensitive. I think so. And not just that. I, I just don't agree with it. I just... It's stupid. It's yeah. stupid. It's going to cost more people money. It's going to cost the funeral home money. It's going to cost the parents money. It's going to cost the doctor's money. It's going to cost just, the state money. It's going to cost the state money. It's just a stupid idea. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as if you don't have enough work. Well, and not just that, but I mean, it's... it's Like I said, I, I... The main reason that I feel like I excel in this field is because I truly give dignity and respect to everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think it's extremely disrespectful for the mothers who have to go through abortions because of medical reasons. Yeah. And they're already torn up about it. And now mm-hmm. instead of ha- being able to just go home after the procedure, now they're going to be having to deal with a funeral home. Yeah. I think that's super insensitive. Yeah. No kidding. Eesh. You know, and I mean, we've, we've, we can embalm babies. We usually use the umbilical cord to embalm and stuff, you know. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, because the way a baby's circulatory system works is through the umbilical cord yeah. and the placenta. So the placenta is usually still attached whenever we get them big like that. And if not, if it's not attached, they still have a part of the umbilical cord. So we can inject through there. That's really 
It's better. <laughs> it's better than cutting into them. No, you're right. <laughs> yeah, just who did that? Right. Right. <laughs> That's a trade secret there. There you go. Have now. you had any nightmares about the work you do? <laughs> she put her hands in her face. <laughs> yes, I have had. Um, recently, I, I had a very close family member pass away. And I, I picked her up. I brought her to the funeral home. I dressed her. I did her makeup. I did her hair. I got her ready for everything. And um, we, we chose cremation as the disposition. So because she died in a different county, it took about 14 days for her to cremate. And every single night for those 14 days, I had this horrible image of her decomposing. Oh. And I know that she wasn't. I mean, I know she wasn't. You yeah. know, and, and being in this field, I know what the stages the of decompositions yeah. are. I know what the rate is. She was in refrigeration the whole time. I know. But in my head, I just imagined her as the worst decomp case that I've ever seen. And I, that happened to me for, for two weeks until she was cremated. And then you felt better. And then once she was cremated and I got her back, that's when I felt better. And that's when I was like, okay, at least she's not sitting there rotting in a cooler. Yeah. And I knew she wasn't, but in my head, she was rotting away in that cooler. And it was hard because I was still working at the time. Yeah. So not only did I have to go through everything of picking her up and, and getting her ready, but then I had to, for two weeks, walk into the cooler every single day and see her there and know that she's there. Yeah. And even though she's wrapped in plastic and all that stuff, like, I know who that is. Yeah. You know? And, I mean, that was my grandmother. Yeah. So, it was just... Whew, that yeah. was really rough. And um, that's probably the worst nightmares that I've had from the field. I've had um, phantom smells a lot. Mm. Where if I work for a... If I work on a case for a while, like a decomp case or something like that, I can leave the funeral home and then just all of a sudden be like, oh, God, like, like what is that smell? I could have already changed clothes and showered by then, but it just hits you. Yeah. And I don't know if, because maybe you put it out of your head while you're doing it, and then just later you're like, oh man, that was really fucking gross. Like, you yeah. know, but <laughs> it just happens. Like, yeah. you know, especially with autopsies and dealing with viscera, and viscera is like the, the internal organs. Um, it just smells. Yeah. It just smells. I like, I don't, I mean, it's literally, it's shit. Yeah. You know, we're cleaning out. We put a hose through your intestines and clean out shit, and you come out smelling like shit. Oh, yeah, and we tough. and we embalm in our suits. I mean, we have we have PPE over it, but I mean, nonetheless, I mean, it's it's not impermeable. You're still gonna smell like it. Your hair smells like it. Oh. Your clothes smell like it, and you're just like, please, dear God, don't let me go on a removal and then be like, God, she smells like shit. Oh, <laughs> that would be horrible. Yeah. yeah, I know. I'd have a dream. It'd be like you know, you're doing what you're doing and somebody's like ow stop it you know like man i've had people um it looks like they flinch yes yes exactly i've had their arms move and i've had them so warm to the touch that i'm like i have up. to double check yeah i i check for signs of life because i'm like this person is so warm yeah that it's just like you or me, you yeah. know and so i'm touching trying to find a pulse i you know press the cuticles down and Put the mirror under the nose, like, okay, no, they're done. All right, cool. You know, go ahead. Because how awful would that be to cut into a person, lift, you know, raise their carotid artery and their jugular vein, cut the jugular vein for them to be like, fuck, I'm alive. Like, they bleed out like that. Oh. That'd be done. That'd be done. Does that happen? Never. Um, does that happen? I, I've heard of a man, and I don't know if this is just a, a myth, but I heard a guy committed suicide by um, embalming himself. 
basically what he did was he raised his femoral, which I mean, I've, if, if you're numb enough, I guess you could, but he raised his femoral artery and cut it and flipped the cannula in and started injecting himself. And of course he died supposedly really soon afterwards. I don't know how true that story is. It's just a rumor that goes it's, around in the industry. It's something that's been, yeah, it's a lot of people have heard that story, but I mean, I, I know from experience how deep a femoral artery is Ugh. and how much adipose and muscle and <laughs> are you about to throw us? Are you right there? This particular story is not sitting <laughs> well with me. Uh, how is your tummy ache now? Oh, it's really prevalent. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on because I don't want to talk about veins. You know, blood freaks me out. I can't do what about it. What's your favorite scary movie? Favorite scary movie? Man, I don't know if I have a favorite scary movie. Do you like movie. scary movies? I love horror movies. Really? Are you kidding me? What was it? It was a, what, Serpent of the Rainbow, right? Was that the one? Was that the one where uh, it's kind of voodoo-ish and that's the one where there's like a drug that makes people appear dead, but then they come back to life? Huh. And it's like, I, I, I don't remember. I don't, shoot, it's been so long. I think it's, is it Stephen King? It's Romeo and Juliet. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, creepy. Pro- probably not a good ringtone to have, right? <laughs> yes, <also. laughs> you know, you know, you're a mortician, Lynn. Yeah. Well, yeah. Your ringtone is super creepy. <laughs> and we do have a uh, text-in uh, question. Oh, yeah. oh, go for from, it. Uh, from Jacob Orozco. Uh, what... Your favorite meal directly after a long day at work. Lasagna, beef jerky, soup. Beef jerky! <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because I I can either be really, really tired or really, really hungry, but I cannot be both. And I cannot tell you how many times I've been standing over a body embalming somebody and talking to my partner and being like, what do you want for lunch? And talking about like, yeah, let's go get some Whataburger. Let's go get a burger real quick. Or <laughs> let's go get some wings. Like as we're embalming over a dead, a dead body and inhaling fumes and whatnot, we're like so talking hungry. about lunch. Yes. <laughs> yes. God, we get so hungry. It's like a uh, arachnophobia. The, uh, the mortician in that movie was like always walking around eating chips, I think. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I think my favorite probably thing to have after, and this is probably weird, but like my favorite thing in general is a Capri salad. Like I love them, just tomato, mozzarella, and basil, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll make a big bowl of it and we'll have it for lunch, yeah. you know, but. Give me some mozzarella all exactly. day. Exactly, all day, every is day. Is there anything you can't eat anymore? Mm, I don't like liver anymore. <laughs> no, I don't. I I used to be okay with it, but now I'm just like I can't do it because like, you handle them too I, much. Yes, it's like, such an irony taste anyway. Well, I have I have an iron deficiency, so that's why I used to eat it all the time. And I, now I'm just like I've held a liver in my hands, and I'm like like I just can't do it now. Yeah, I can't do it. That makes sense. You know, and it's it's weird. I feel that liver was probably walking a fine line. It was. <laughs> it, was it, it had to be cooked really, really well. There was only, like, one person who made it, but I was like, fuck yeah, this is good. But, you know, yeah. ever since then, like, she'll try to make it, and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I can't. It. No, thanks. I'm good. <laughs> but, or deer. Honestly, I can't really eat deer anymore because um, the inside of a person, like a fresh dead body, smells like the inside of a fresh dead deer, hmm. and I can't do it anymore. Huh. That's so interesting. <laughs> like, I'm, like obviously, I'm, everyone's like, what, is, what do humans taste like? Maybe venison. 
delicious. It really tastes like venison. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not like Albert it. Fish, I don't know. We'll ask her around. We'll ask questions about that later. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You know, the weirdest thing, though, whenever you're embalming or dealing with an, specifically an autopsy is um, the brains. Uh-huh. Brains are so soft. They're oh, really? So soft. I mean, just uh, any slight pressure can just totally obliterate it. Interesting. Right? But also when you're holding the brain, that's somebody's every thought, memory, feeling, yeah. everything. Yeah. And it's crazy because the skull isn't even really that thick. Oh. You know, so the brain is soft. The skull isn't terribly thick. Interesting. Like, it's just so, it's kind of a scary thought. Not just that, but with the foramen magnum in the back, you know, where your spine goes into your skull. I mean, if somebody slips a knife up there, supposedly, Ugh. it'll kill you instantly and you won't bleed. Ugh. Right? Ugh. Um. That explains why the tattoo on the back of my head hurts so much. Really? Yeah, your spinal cord's right there. Oh, oh God. Ugh. <laughs> that hurts me just so thinking how, about it. How, how thick is the skull really? Like if, to touch it, would you compare it to like the the skin of an orange? Well, the uh, <laughs> the temporal area of the skull is 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 super thin. It's it's. it's I've actually been cut by a baby skull before on my finger. It sliced through my glove. Oh, that's how thin it is. That's how thin it was for the baby skull. Right. Obviously, an adult's skull is thicker, but I mean, it's no it's the, at the thickest part. Like maybe half an inch thick. It's maybe. That's that's more than half an inch. Yeah, you're right. It's, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty small. Yeah. So like a, like a watermelon. Like yeah, actually, I think a watermelon's probably thicker, like a oh. coconut. But wow. not as hard as a coconut. But not as hard as a coconut. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it it doesn't it's take anything coconuts. at all. I've used bone saws before, and it, it doesn't take anything at all to cut through a skull. Really? Yeah. Huh. What what household tool would you say would? Zach. <laughs> well, actually, to cut through the skull, we use um, they're called calvarium clamps, um, and that's when we put in after the uh, after the embalming. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> after the embalming. Um, it freaks me out a little bit. <laughs> it's a scary whistle. It's from Kill Bill. Yeah. Come on now. And it's from a lot of things. Yeah, yeah it some is. Other movies use it too. In movie M, yeah, they use. Yes. Ooh. Is it used in Insidious? Yeah. Oh, I think it was Insidious. No, that's the um. It's a different song. They use that one. In the movie M, uh, that black and white German movie M is for murder. Uh, they do the. <laughs> nice. Y'all should have started a whistle band. Yeah, obviously. There you go. That sounds uh, great. We're here. <laughs> we're live. But, uh, <laughs> we use a saw though, like a regular hand saw, to cut through the um, the skull. Huh. Uh, for not not it, okay, it comes cut from the medical examiner, but we have to cut a little uh, divot into it basically to place these calvarium clamps. And yeah, we just use a saw and just, or a saw and just it doesn't take much pressure. Wow. And then the little chunk of bone that comes out, you just throw it inside, like what's inside the... When you're... After you're embalmed, if you're in an autopsy, your brain doesn't go back inside. We just fill it with um, cotton. What do you do with the brain? Well, the brain comes in your stomach oh. with all your other organs. So what we do is we take out the giant black trash bag that all your organs come in. We cut your organs. We wash your organs. 
And then we put them into a biohazard bag with cavity fluid, uh, what I spoke of earlier, oh. and it shrinks it and hardens it. And then we transfer it back into the abdomen and layer it kind of like a lasagna with some um, hardening compounds. And yeah, that's about it. I can't tell you how many people though. Like it's, it's funny because you're like, how did all these organs fit inside this person? Because they're not fitting now. Really? <laughs> yeah, like after like you a, cut it and stuff. It's like a bad puzzle and you get it, everything out and you can't put it. I'll back. tell you what a bad puzzle is. People who blow their heads off. That's a bad puzzle. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bad puzzle. Trying to put a skull back together is not really? fun. Yeah. Because you're sitting there. It's like a jigsaw puzzle. You're sitting there with glue. You guys do get suicides. Oh, yeah. Those don't go to the medical exam. They do. But and I mean, then they go to you. Yeah. I mean, they still have to be buried. They still have to be disposed of in some way, disposition, you know, whether it be cremation or burial. So, yeah. They, they, they go to the medical examiner, then they're going to come to us. But we've had shotgun victims. We've had car accidents, we've had hangings, we've had ODs, we've had all kinds of different things. Actually, this has been kind of on my mind. Violence in San Antonio is getting yes, crazy. It is. And a lot of people we've actually gotten, it's kind of funny because if you see the news, you can, we'll see something that happens on the news and I'll go to school and they'll be like, hey, who got the whatever, whatever shooting or who got the whatever, whatever stabbing victim? Yeah. And because there's so many of us working for so many different funeral homes, They'll be like, oh, my funeral home got that. It was really I guess because violence in San Antonio goes up, shootings go up in the summertime, and then the, as it cools down... Depression. The, suicides go up. Oh, very interesting. Oops. Okay, we're going to end it there because we've got people coming over. That was super interesting. Thank you so much for all of that information. <laughs> we're going to have you over some more. And I would love if anybody wants to stop in and give us their questions or just send us questions. Because um, there are a lot of like, this is like an industry that like nobody really knows about. It's a little taboo. It. It's a little yeah. taboo. Yeah, I guess you're right. And so is nobody really right? asks those questions yeah. until it happens. Next, next time, remind me to ask about if you're a donor how that process oh, oh yeah. my gosh that's such a good one we'll do a whole episode on that yeah, and i'll also tell you how we stop anal leakage next time okay. <laughs> can you apply that to the living thank you everybody thanks so much bye-bye everybody check in next time